Hello and welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as always, I'm joined by two good boys I'm always joined by. It's Sam and Carl. How you doing, boys? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. Thanks for asking. I've just downed a, a yummy shandy, so yeah, I'm riding high. Why have you brought love that up? shandy. <laughs> <laughs> I do also love a shandy. I just, yeah. I'm shouting out shandy. We had a little a... pre-pod shandy chat, and I really no, wanted to mention... Now. Yeah, but this is the mid-pod Shandy chat, and I assume we'll, we'll do an Revisiting afterwards as well. It, yeah, yeah we're, we're sponsored by Big Shandy. Shandy Gadget. Um, <laughs> Pseudochrome dropped us. We're all about the Shandy nowadays. <laughs> yeah, um, we've moved on. I, I just want to hype up Turbo Shandies. You know, a bit of... Um, oh. What's it called? Didn't even think of that. What is that? It's a Smirnoff, Smirnoff ice, ice with, with lager. Half Smirnoff ice, half beer. Lovely jubbly, that. That'll oh. get you going. That gives you a kick. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little uh, yeah. Jaeger bomb. Mm, I haven't had a turbo shandy in a while. I think I need to revisit them. Well, we can pause. <laughs> I don't have. I, I don't. I've, I'm fresh out of Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> fresh out, meaning when you were 18. <laughs> yeah, I've been fresh out for the last like eight or nine years. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, less. Shall we get started? Lovely shandy chat. Loved it. Yeah, let's go for it. Good. Join us on the information superhighway with The Cable Guy, 1996, starring Jim Carrey, Matthew Broderick, Leslie Mann, and sometimes Jack Black. And many more. And, well, yeah, actually quite a few people in this movie, but everyone's in it for like two minutes. Mm -hmm. Apart from the people I would rather be in it less. But let's go <laughs> through the, the plots and all. <laughs> this is an especially shit one, straight from the top of Google as always. A designer makes a grievous mistake when he rejects the friendship of a borderline cable guy. Stephen Kovac has been kicked out of his apartment by his girlfriend. Stephen has a new apartment and decides to slip the cable guy, Chip, $50 for free cable. That's it. Borderline cable guy. I think that's where the movie ended, didn't it? <laughs> I, uh... Borderline's a weird word choice there. Borderline is, cable guy. You're either a cable guy or you aren't a cable guy. <laughs> I like that. He's a borderline cable guy. <laughs> Instead of saying you've been fired, yeah, I'm, I'm borderline I'm employed. Borderline. <laughs> Border <laughs> yeah. Get that on your Tinder profile. I'm on the cusp. <laughs> I'm borderline single. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I love that he is kicked out by his girlfriend for just for the crime of proposing. Yes, yeah. that's what he did wrong. What she's kicked me out. What did you do? I asked her to marry I me. Mean, I mean, we we already lived together, but it was too much. She can't forgive me then, after that. I think it. He then makes apologies and tries to make up for his crime. Yeah, his heinous crime. <laughs> he is criminally boring, though. I mean, yeah, he's he's, he's I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah. All I was thinking was she must hate Matthew Broderick as much as we do. Everyone yeah. must. That's it's, it's it's probably kind of a difficult thing to say if you're if you're with Matthew Broderick. And he's like, but why? But why don't you want to be together? It's like I just really, really hate you. <laughs> I really hate Matthew Broderick. You know, I can't put my finger on why, but I cannot I don't stand know why. it. <laughs> 
Well, of all the 18 episodes we've done so far, boys, this being number 18, I think, uh, this is the first one I've watched on DVD. And I am yeah. 28 years old, and I've only now just learned what DVD stands for. Do either of you want to hazard a guess? This isn't fun, so let's make this quick. Digital video <laughs> Digital disc. video disc. Close. What did you say, Carl? I said the exact same thing. You said the same thing. Digital versatile disc. I don't know what I thought any of us would get out of that, oh. but there it is. <laughs> they are quite versatile, aren't they? Because sometimes you'd have, like... <laughs> Games in the in the options. The games were not as fun as asking you what DVD meant. Yeah, but that was a, that was a worse game than the rude password game, charades. which I didn't think was possible until right now. It was charades. <laughs> it was not charades. It's not charades. I don't we'll know what you're calling it. it. I don't even know why you're pronouncing it charades. It's called charades. But yeah, stop trying to appeal to the Americans, Evan. Charades. Yeah, it's charades. <laughs> Let's start and end this as quickly as possible. Stephen Kovacs, Matthew Broderick, is flicking through his TV channels and has the worst reception of all time, therefore needing a cable guy. We also meet his much younger friend Rick, played by Jack Black, who's in it maybe about three scenes, but I think he has a fairly notable role, who suggests that Stephen bribes the cable guy with $50 for free cable. Now the movie begins. Well... I want to say just the first, I mean, the first couple of minutes, like you said, we, we get a little uh, channel flipping montage kind of thing mm-hmm. as he goes to all of his channels and immediate reaction. Very sex heavy for what I was assuming would be a kid's movie going in. I hadn't seen this before. This was my first viewing today. Um, I wasn't expecting as, as it to be as sex heavy. Yeah, knowing that this is a, quote, movie from our childhood. <laughs> really explains you a lot yeah. more to me, Evan. Evan makes a lot more sense today than yesterday. Well, that's why I don't want to call them kids' films, because that restricts them to a lot of things I actually haven't seen. But I've seen a lot of kid. Uh, I've not seen a lot of kids, lot I of promise. Kids. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies that probably weren't intended for me. One on that list is Amer- American Beauty, which I think I've, I've mentioned before. <laughs> Maybe I'd like to pick that at some yeah. point, but... I'm not sure we'll find any comedy in that. But this one at least explains I mean, why you I've got exclusively jokes. call waitresses wenches in <laughs> restaurants. So that's answered that little bit of trivia. I'm actually very polite to staff, Sam. Thank you. To the, the cable guy. <laughs> <laughs> the cable guy knocks the door when Stephen is in the shower, which is something I never wanted to see. Matthew looks like a beached whale in that water. It is horrific. <laughs> Maybe it's my opinion of him <laughs> affecting my vision, but I did not enjoy I, that in the slightest. He's not obese or anything. No, no, not at all. He's just a normal dude. But just seeing him without yeah. a shirt on felt like I was being assaulted. Anyway, we now enter the scene that you were just <laughs> referencing, where the cable guy, whose name we don't learn for a little while yet, he comes into the house and he's you acting pretty strange. You never learn that guy's name, right? And, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, He gives us a few names, well. but we never learn the real one. He comes mm-hmm. into the house and does like a little vibe chat and then starts molesting the walls in weird ways, looking for the, I assume, where he's got to put the wire for the cable. Oh, that's why it's called cable. There we go. Um... <laughs> We've figured it out. We can stop. Yeah. No more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> and... Tune in next week. He gets very kind of sensual with the house, doesn't he, as he's... Yeah, brushing his fingertips across the walls. And it's kind of our first introduction to this wacky guy. Tease up a lot of the other things that are going to come in the movie. Also, 
Lisps are funny, aren't they? Hey? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lisps a, funny? For some reason, he has a speech impediment. It doesn't add to the movie in any way. It does a lot of heavy lifting for oh, yeah. comedy throughout. <laughs> yeah, the. I mean, I don't need to say that there were air quotes around that comedy. Oh, we heard all the word. Oh, and as I was saying, um, yes, it's very weird how he does it all. But I think it's also quite funny. It doesn't seem like intrusive in any way. He doesn't like he's, it's not like he's threatening Matthew Broderick, but his reaction, just that sort of pasty, whiny, dough-looking fucking thing he has going all the time. This is the movie we are, where I realised I, I did not like Matthew Broderick. And a lot of people aren't going to be getting these references because we never released the Inspector Gadget episode. But that is how we started this podcast. Yeah. Unfortunately, the audio just wasn't quite good enough, but... Oh, we hit hit him heavy on that, we. didn't we? Yeah, no, we also no, weren't quite good enough. We. Well, I think you, yeah, it's only the audio that's improved. <laughs> you get an impression of how that episode went with the amount that we will, I'm sure, hate on Matthew Broderick throughout throughout this yeah. episode because that's what most of it was and will be. He molests the house, and then the titular cable guy gives Stephen free cable after being brought. Well, I don't even think he takes the fifty pounds. He does it out of the good of his heart. But there is a very subtle catch that they now have to be friends. I don't know if you boys caught that, but that's what this whole movie is now based on. Yeah, I, mean, I just managed to understand that, yeah. Powerful theme running throughout it. Friendship. Yeah. <laughs> God knows why. I mean, even if you're this fucking lunatic, if you meet the person that you have absolutely described as this doe-eyed, pasty, gormless little fucking worm... <laughs> He's paraphrasing. Yeah, talking talking to himself <laughs> as he flips through his channels glumly. <laughs> oh, this whole movie <laughs> is just a lesson on letting the right people into your life. And no matter how lonely you are, that is never Matthew Broderick. Never him. <laughs> we then learn that Stephen has a job. It's not going to stop. <laughs> I love that. He is more than borderline employed. He's employed. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we know that Stephen has a job. That was a great joke. Much like Miranda <laughs> from Mrs. Doubtfire, that job has absolutely nothing to do with the film and no meaning about it at all. We just go there for some out-of-context meetings to show that Stephen has a life that's at risk due to the things going on in this movie. Uh, but just a little fun note on this scene. Uh, Tobias Fumke, David Cross who we also mentioned in our Small Soldiers episode, he's just there. Is he? Yeah, he's just one of the dudes in the boardroom, not like a named role or anything. He's just one of the guys that goes, yeah. Oh my God, I did not get that. Yeah. I'm going to rewatch this film. (laughs) Please don't. I'm so sorry. This is a star-studded cast. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how how famous David Cross was at the time, but now, thankfully, he's bigger than Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I think he rode the waves of this performance to get that role in Small Soldiers. That yeah, mm-hmm. really just moved him on to the next level. Is he in any movies? Can we do a David Cross movie at some point? Is that is he He's... got the lead in anything? Scary movie? Oh, he is in Scary, scary movie. movie. That too, I think. Oh, okay. We'll come back to this. I'm very up for doing that at some point. I love that second one. Yeah, it is number two. Well, He's in it's the haunted nearly Halloween game. baby. Oh, yes, add it to the list. I'm not a big fan, so that could be interesting. Ah, okay. All right, there we go. Well, hang on, should we not do this? Should we quickly go watch that and come back? (laughs) Yeah, we can do that, yeah. (laughs) No, we're doing this. You made me watch this fucking film. 
we're doing this. <laughs> okay, let's power through. As promised, now Stephen must be the Cable Guy's friends, and they go to the satellite to learn how Cable works, because it's not just a Cable Guy's, it's also a big satellite. It's, it's just a really big satellite, which is... Is that how it works? Is that how TV works? I honestly don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem right, but I don't know enough about TV to dispute it. I've never made friends with a cable guy. Yeah, I don't like true. being pedantic. That's not true, but uh, I, <laughs> it's a satellite dish. You get that right? It's what not did a you satellite. call it? It's not oh, a I did call satellite. it a big satellite. That's true. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not a satellite. satellite. He did dish. say that he was taking I know he him did, to and a satellite. And it angered though. me then. And it really confused me. I was like, is this a Weird I joke, it was a or joke. are we going to space now? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting. That would have been a good movie. We also, it's just before this, I think, we get the first snippet of... Uh, sorry if you've already mentioned this. Um, clearly I'm zoning out. David Cross. Uh, no. Is he in this? No, we get Ben Stiller on TV. Oh, who I'm going to get to that. A That's twin. Slightly after. Who this. is his own twin who's yeah. murdered the other guy... Um, running thing throughout the film, but absolutely this trial that's going on. No connection to the movie. Well, yeah, I was convinced throughout that we're going to find out that the cable guy had some sort of relationship to these people. Maybe he actually murdered the twin, or but none of it. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but none of it mattered. No, the it's whole... just no. happening at the same time. And they got Ben well, Stiller the... for it, who was famous at this time. I mean, he was directing. Ben Stiller was the director. <laughs> so was he? he was probably he was probably on set you anyway, so that's it. why they had him. <laughs> oh, I thought Judd Apatow directed this. Maybe he was a producer. He then. wrote it or wrote part of it oh. and produced it. Oh. That's why Leslie Mann's in it. That's a rule. If Leslie Mann's in it, Judd Apatow's somewhere. Well, yeah, that's why I assumed. I paused and looked at the back of the DVD. <laughs> wow, Ben Stiller directed this. He did. It's weird, isn't it? And he, he popped himself in a few scenes. And the next scene, or one of the next scenes, was the court scene. I think it's his only lines, or some of his very few lines in the film. And I think, I think it was meant to be a joke. Because he just kept on saying the word Asian yeah. over and oh, over again. Yes. It's like, and they were Asian. Because they were Asian. And they were speaking Asian. Asian. And I was like... It took me three or four of, of them to, to be like, oh, this is a this is a funny scene. This is this is comedy. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Is this meant to be a comedy? Yeah, I think so. I look, it's not your oh, I don't want to defend this movie too much, because I know people do generally hate this. People like name this one of Jim Carrey's worst movies. And I understand why. But I don't think this is just like your cheap laugh movie. I think it's just one of those really weird surreal mm. it's just letting jim carrey do really weird things which is what i really enjoyed about this and he does that a lot in his other so wasn't that your review of the mask so as insanely well. different <laughs> the problem with that was it was also really problematic and it's based on some other source material uh, you know not that i can't enjoy oh, yeah. something if it's problematic i like it when something challenges me a little bit but this is like just this let him do a me. character the only thing i really didn't like was the lisp because i don't think it was it didn't add to the movie in any didn't way. Didn't add again, anything at all. Here. No, it was just... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> if you did a three-minute comedy sketch where the only joke was someone having a lisp, it would start to drag out. An hour-and-a-half movie where that's one of the main jokes. Look, just thank me that this was only an hour-and-a-half 
which yes <laughs> is part thank of my you. quota for picking movies now because two hours <laughs> yeah, is thank just you for that at least too much sometimes but yeah. i know it's felt like more than an hour and a half but at least i did you that solid <laughs> going into this i'd never i'd never seen the film before and all i knew about it was from a scene in the simpsons where they're at a almost like a planet rock hollywood bowl cafe type thing that has movie props in it and one of them is the script of the cable guy which Homer instantly attacks because it almost ruined the career of Jim Carrey. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm very on board with that after seeing it. That's a shame. I don't have enough of the knowledge of the time because I was two when this came out. Carl, what, you were 30, I suppose. But... <laughs> uh, 29. <laughs> and a half. But, um... I, th- I saw this when I was... Well, this is why I chose the movie and the whole premise of this podcast. I saw this when I was a kid and I enjoyed it. And we're going to hit some scenes in a bit, but we'll explain why I enjoyed it. But Yes. We're only three in and we're dragging this out, so let's move along. <laughs> Before we move on, I do have a note here about this. Um, lisps are funny, aren't they? <laughs> David Cross. Funniest thing in this <laughs> Cross in this. <laughs> Stephen asks for the cable guy's name which we now learn a good 20 minutes into the movie, is Ernie Douglas, but his friends call him Chip. The first of many names <laughs> we get. Stephen then meets up with Robin, who is the girlfriend who has just dumped him for just fucking ruining everything by proposing the absolute bastard. And I just want to say at this point, be careful, Robin. Let's hope that Stephen can't drive like Matthew Broderick can. <laughs> I decided we were better than this, so I yes. deleted my notes. <laughs> no, we've improved I since then. We don't, need to, we don't need to bring that back up. <laughs> well, the pressure's off because now we're not releasing this episode either. That's Excellent. Yeah. Let's just have a good a time. Off. Yeah. Thank God I didn't have to watch a terrible movie. Now, yes, now he's borderline married. We're taking forward <laughs> via the medium of time passing in this movie to a basketball game between Stephen and his many friends. We don't know how he made them, and we don't meet them again, so it doesn't matter, uh, but Jack and is why there. they spend time with him. No, yes. Insane. Why does everybody love him? It's insane. I'm going to assume they're Jack Black's friends. I like, I, one thing I want to mention about this scene is that at the start, at the very start of it, a guy, one of his, you know, unfortunate friends <laughs> slips and Bored falls over friend. and seems, seems to <laughs> yeah, seems to genuinely hurt himself, and his one of his friends' immediate response is, "Oh man, same injury he had last year." Give him a second. Check on him. <laughs> Don't just be like, "Not again." <laughs> These are friend tryouts for Matthew Broderick. Yeah, the guy failed. So same popular. injury he got He's last borderline. year trying out. There's only, oh. there's only a few spaces available. And this is where Chip turns up out of the blue to join the game, and you start getting an idea now that. I mean, he's been a bit weird up until now, but this is where he gets a bit stalkerish. And mm-hmm. he, he starts off by doing a little rendition for us of the bleep test, which we must all be familiar with from school. It does. It's warm up. I'm familiar with it from every fucking year. I still have to do one. <laughs> Sorry, Cole. Yes. <laughs> You're going to graduate one day, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Year 11's hard, man. <laughs> and this is where I was thinking... Like, I don't know if he, like, knows he's just really weird and he's just trolling everyone or if he genuinely is a psycho. And obviously this is addressed later on in the movie when he just turns out to be a psycho. 
But I, how are you but, feeling about Jim Carrey at this point, his character? Well, he's a man who, when he wants to, he can ingratiate himself into a group, okay. like he does with yeah. Matthew Broderick's family. So I think there's a certain amount of just being that guy in this scene. Yeah, he's kind of um, a contrived character, and he's playing a character. Probably in an attempt to alienate Matthew Broderick from his many, many, many friends. <laughs> now I'm all you have. Yeah. Because I won't be friends with a guy who had a friend who ran laps before a workout. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Can't be friends with anyone who does a bleep and test. didn't get injured. <laughs> so the scene, the camera kind of pulls out and we just watch him running back and forth and back and forth for for a while. Yeah, quite a long time, yeah. It, it made me think, it reminded me of, like we mentioned, in The Mask. One of the points that I made in The Mask is that the jokes or the the funny faces that Jim Carrey's pulling mostly works because of the camera work. Because the camera pulls in close to him and then he gets his reaction, cut back to something, his reaction. And the camera's doing the heavy lifting. It doesn't do any heavy lifting here. And it shows because this scene is fucking weird. It's too long. <laughs> he runs back and forth for too long. The joke stops being a joke. It's just a man running. I see, I see it. But then I think there's also another level where this is why I thought he was just trolling them because th- I think this is a note the movie makes. This is a guy who's watched so much TV but he literally just plays characters. He is a man who just yeah. believes he's in a sitcom. And if you look at it in that light, which is how I was watching it, I really enjoyed that. He's doing it for himself, making himself laugh. And I find that quite endearing. Yes. I don't know if he thinks he's in a sitcom, but I think he has been almost uh, like trained socially through sitcoms. So he probably doesn't understand how he meant to be. His babysitter was literally the TV. So he acts like those things that he has seen. Yeah, I mean, he he makes mention of it later. We get a little flashback where his mum goes out to happy hour and calls the TV the babysitter. So clearly that was his childhood. Quite a horrible scene. And does denote that this wasn't a kid's movie because she was going out. She was either a prostitute or just going out to shag. Yeah, we should point out that this is, yeah, like we said, it's described by many people as a dark comedy and it's clearly meant to be viewed as that and there's a lot of undertones of things like this that are going on it's not just a straightforward jim carrey being silly film but it just so happens that those are the only jokes that happen are him being silly i think that's the problem with it they should have chosen one or the other because it just feels like a mix of the two and i've told you before this i don't think it worked but I did read before this that they filmed two versions of each scene, one more horror-focused and one more comedy-focused. Oh. And I do feel almost like you get such a mix of the two that it just, you never quite get what they're going for. Which could be intentional. Is it meant to be funny or is it meant to be scary? Is he meant to be intimidating or is he meant to be harmless? I'm never sure. I quite like the the bounce back and forth. I see what you mean. It doesn't work. But I find the... The contrast between the guy who's trying to be your mate and the guy who is clearly assaulting you, maybe not physically, but <laughs> mentally. I like that quite a lot. And it is always funny. Wait, was that a air quote nose noise? I don't think it was. Funny. There we go. But you're right. <laughs> it is a little disconcerting at points and makes the movie feel a little off. Uh, which, again, it could be intentional. I think it probably is intentional. It's meant to feel disconcerting and it's meant to kind of... We're meant to be as uncertain about his characters as Stephen is. Um, but I think it just falls down in that it, it's not funny enough. And yeah. Stephen, Matthew uh, Broderick, is not likable enough to be a protagonist. Anyway, getting ahead uh, of ourselves, maybe. Lisps are quite funny, to be fair. Oh, actually, yeah. Lisps uh, are 
I have heard that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, if I could bring myself to give this a rewatch. Shandy's good. Apparently, <laughs> Shandy is quite nice. Have you tried it with some Smirnoff Ice? Mm, I have to try that. Maybe got a Turbo Shandy, I think I've heard. Interesting. But yeah, if I were to manage to bring myself to watch this again, apparently Jim Carrey is so bad at basketball that they just gave up making him bounce a ball and had him just pretend to dribble and then they CGI'd in a basketball afterwards. I read that same bit of trivia and I did go back and rewatch and I either the CGI is so good that I didn't catch it or I, I just, I don't know, I didn't catch it. I couldn't yeah, see any it, point it's where... It's got to be true, it's on the internet. It's on, it's on IMDb. It's so. on the internet, mate. I just want to point something out here because we hit on this, you know, CGI in these movies because it's fairly early on in, in the realms of CGI. It is insane to me that they CGI'd an owl in Labyrinth before they tried CGIing <laughs> a basketball, which is fairly less complicated. <laughs> I mean, that's only because you've just made that up. We don't know if that's true. <laughs> that was just the world's first CGI owl. Oh, yeah. That wasn't the first CGI. <laughs> Sorry, I took one fact yeah. and another fact and just assumed they meant the same thing. My bad. <laughs> it was a borderline fact. <laughs> if they CGI'd him bouncing an owl around that court... <laughs> It would have oh. been perfect. That, that, would have been a, that would have been a really good fact to bring See, up. See, I was actually thinking Jennifer Connelly turns out her window and there's a basketball sat in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Stephen Amazing. goes home after the awful basketball game. Where... I'm sorry, I've got another thing that I want to throw oh, in there. Lordy Lou. <laughs> <laughs> we're spending a really long time on this basketball scene but one more thing which i think we have to mention is that after this warm-up we get into the basketball game itself and the way that they edited this is they played the entire thing in cuts in slow motion with some quite heavy emo music over the top and jesus christ that was weird it's why weird. why edit it like that <laughs> like they slowed it down and just had these really intense, heavy kind of rock. I just, I just don't know what they were going for. I think, I think it was meant to be funny, but I honestly don't know. I, I really enjoyed Jim Carrey here when he said, "Okay, we're playing That's by my review of this movie, prison rules, <laughs> but obviously with a lisp." And then he starts pushing people to the ground and stuff. I was chuckling away. I loved it. But what about his knees? <laughs> We've got to do flubber at some point. We have that joke's got some legs. Anyway, the basketball game ends and Stephen heads home to turn on his answering machine and finds a million messages left by Chip. Just a good little bit of stalking here, isn't it? This is where things sort of turn around and get a bit weird. Yeah, it's it's where, (laughs) I mean, we're already seeing that, um, what are we calling him at this point? Chip? We're already seeing that Chip is an odd bloke that... It's where the, the disconcerting elements take over from the quote-unquote funny elements. Yeah, this isn't so... Well, it's not funny at all. He's just harassing him over the phone. And then, of course, yeah. Robin turns up for their little date night to watch Sleepless in Seattle. And um, so does Chip. I mean, I wonder if we'll get a fun little crossover between them boys. Uh, I'll ruin that surprise for you now. We do! Chip shows up after breaking Steve's cable and uses it to... Um, bargain it's it's leverage it's leverage to get a little date it's blackmail for sure Mm -hmm. but then you know straight off of all that really weird stuff because he's quite threatening in that scene and you know he switches it back on he's clearly disconnected it at the the box 
But then he has the cable in in his hand, and he says it's just for effect. Did you not? Oh, I liked that. Oh, okay, yeah, I loved that. I thought that was really funny. I thought that was yeah. No, I thought that was really, there. Are, okay, I've been shitting on this, but there are some good jokes. Yeah, I liked that one. Jim Carrey will always be funny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's a given. But it was just I never knew if he was meant to be being funny or if him being funny in the way he was being funny took away from what they were trying to do. I think the problem is most of the jokes that are written into this film were just Jim Carrey does some funny stuff for a bit and then we move on. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not wrong. Uh, I feel like with how fucking weird this movie is and how odd his performance is, his notes were, like, try be serious, but also bring that The Mask Ace Ventura vibe at the same time. That like, we want the people to come watch, but don't be funny. But be funny, but don't don't be funny. <laughs> And now we get my favourite scene in the movie. And what I remember most fondly and why I wanted to watch this, where the cable guy Chip wanted to take Stephen was medieval times for dinner. <laughs> this scene, I want to go to medieval yes! times. Yes! Doesn't it look Should awesome? Should we go to medieval times? Yes! Do it we have really good. I don't think they exist. Should we start a medieval times? We could start it up. We could serve Shandy. Oh. Did they did they have shandy in medieval times? Oh, they had Smirnoff Ice back in medieval <laughs> do, do times. Turbo yeah. shandies there. <laughs> a turbo, turbo shandy shandies for thee. galore, mate. Yeah. Leg of pork and a turbo shandy, please. I need to quaff a turbo shandy. The um the blue knight rules. Red knight sucks the big one. Is a quote that stay. It lives in my head. I think about it all the time. Down, down, down. The red knight's going down, and the little chicken skin on the face. Shall we throw in a little bit of trivia here? Ooh. The chicken skin was improvised. He asked the director to get him some chicken skin in between takes, and apparently they had that on hand. Uh, and he just improvised that joke. Yeah, I find that if you have to start an impression by saying the name of the thing you're doing an impression of, that's a great impression. If I have to start my impression going, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I'm nailing it. Sean Connery, Schmurnoff. <laughs> See, it's instantly funny. <laughs> it is. Um, I knew this was improvised. Shock. Not from reading trivia, but this is the only time Matthew Broderick laughs and it looks fucking genuine. Yeah. 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 Something in this man's past has broken him. <laughs> I couldn't speak to what it is, but... <laughs> There's a deadness yeah. behind the eyes. It's that driving him mad. Wasn't any if you were lessons. a lesser podcast, you might delve into for laughs. <laughs> for laughs? Move on. For a harrowing read. Look, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> oh, very nice. I'm going to leave in that gap where I was realising what was happening. <laughs> Evan, leave in that gap. The announcer of the Medieval Times now announces that Stephen and Chip will be fighting in the arena. How did Stephen not see this coming? They are sat in the only two seats in the arena. Everyone else is sat around. Why is he so surprised? <laughs> They're in like the royal box. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they take him down and he suits up and they give him what we can only assume are like polystyrene weapons. Uh, that is, up until uh, Chip swipes at him and cuts through what I think is chainmail armour. And I go, oh, okay. They've just given these two men actual Real weapons, weapons yeah. and said, go for it. Murder each other. 
Yeah, so Chip's got them in because he's given everyone free cable. He's a guy who doesn't work for the cable company, but is the most successful cable guy going. But it, well, I suppose he's given yeah. everyone free cable, so actually he's not that successful. Uh, he's the most successful borderline cable guy. <laughs> he's borderline successful. He, I think the the assumption that we have to take is that the kind of in-universe explanation for this is that this 50, give them, give him $50 and you'll get all the channels is his way of making money. And he goes around hooking people up with illegal cable, getting $50 each time. That's why he has so many preferred customers <laughs> that everyone in this city is a preferred customer and he's getting $50 off them. 50 quid a ton. All the time. And that is his income. One thing I kind of liked in this scene as well, if we're still on the, the fight scene, yeah. Was when they got their, I don't know what it was, like a little halberd or something and started running at each other. Uh, Chip started singing along or humming along to this <gasps> suspenseful music that's in his head. Yeah. This, if I can throw in a media term, non-diegetic music that's Ooh. in his head. Or maybe it's diegetic. I can't remember the difference between the two. And then it also starts playing in the background. I just thought that was, uh, that was a fun little joke. That's all I got. I really like that. It's from Star Trek. It's the music from that scene in Star Trek that they're referencing with that. That whole thing is a reference. He's talking to, about Picard, yeah. Uh, uh, if Spock and oh no, Usain Picard has just Kirk. wiped the name from my memory. Thank you, Kirk. Yes, Carl. Uh, yeah, it's from that episode where Kirk and Spock fight. Well, that was throughout this movie. If I didn't get something, I assumed it was just a reference that I was too young for. <laughs> he was only forty-four yeah. when this came out. <laughs> It's just starting year nine at that point. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even allowed beer yet. Just a shandy. Just a shandy. Oh god. Just this turbo shandy <laughs> to fuel the bleep test. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got you got to run to nine ten and then pour that turbo shandy all over yourself. Cool yourself. Oh down. god, that's a sticky drink. Chip then accompanies Stephen back to his apartment. And reveals that he sourced a, a whole home entertainment system for free. Something that kind of annoyed me about this is that uh, Stephen insists that he takes this all this TV equipment away. He says, Look, I don't, he, he says he's very firm about this. He says, take it away. I don't want this. Just get rid of it. He then, later on, someone confronts it. I'm getting cutting ahead. Later on, someone confronts him and says, well, why did you accept these gifts he says, I don't know. I didn't think. Yeah, you did. You did think. And you said, I don't want them. <laughs> Gormless cut. <laughs> Those were the words circling my head as you were saying that. Spot on. Oh, one other thing. So, okay. Random thing to mention. but So when I was watching, I watched this on Amazon and... The subtitles were. I couldn't get. I couldn't get rid of the subtitles. They were locked on. And the <laughs> subtitles for this film aren't very good. They're not accurate. So, when at the start of this scene, he walks into his flat, turns on the machine, and what comes up in the subtitles is, "You have no messages. Nobody loves you." Just thought that was really good, and I assumed it was the machine saying the whole thing. It turns out it still turn the volume up. That's I a little bit after <laughs> this, isn't it? That's after the karaoke party here. I thought that was how he convinced him to throw the karaoke party. No, the, that's when he wakes up at the... Oh, it doesn't matter. Yes, yes. Nobody loves you, Matthew Broderick. Fuck but you. But he brings a karaoke machine, and then when he's told to get rid of it, he says, well, can we throw a party first? 
And we get just the oldest group of people doing karaoke in his front room. Yeah, it's all his preferred customers. So preferred customers. everyone in New York. Yeah. There is a well-supplied retirement home somewhere. They've got free cable in every room by the look of it. <laughs> and this is my other favorite scene in this movie. And also I wanted to come back. When Jim Carrey sings Somebody to Love by Jefferson Airplane. One, that got me into that band. And two, this is a fucking cracking rendition. Don't tell me otherwise. That is full commitment to a role and to a song. I know, yeah. I agree. He put a lot of effort in. I was genuinely annoyed that such a good performance was in a movie like this. (laughs) Right, okay, I'm going to ask this here. Would this movie have been better to you? I suppose that was the sentence. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) If the role was filled by someone other than Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that, that is... Very possible, yeah. Um, it would have been better. I'm not saying it would have been good, but it would have been a lot better. There's moments throughout this where he delivers lines, and I'm just like, he's just playing the same character he's played in every movie I've ever seen him in. <laughs> just nothing. I, I think I wrote about him here that Matthew, I'm a real boy, <laughs> brother. <laughs> it's so wooden, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Just There's a point where, a bit later on where he calls Jim Carrey a bastard. And he could have been saying anything. He could have said the word fish. It wouldn't have mattered. He just, he doesn't, he, there's nothing there. Something happened in this man's past. We don't know what. We'll never find out. And the emotion is says, just gone. It's not even just the line. He says, he says as he's reading it off a teleprompter, you bastard. And then he sort of claps his hand to his mouth as if he was shocked by the thing that you just said. And as if that's like a shocking thing to say. I don't know. <laughs> They might decommission him, pop him in the fucking junk drawer. He's really... I'm pretty sure... (laughs) A good reference again. For nobody, because nobody's heard that episode. Oh, Oh, yes. A bit wooden. Uh, I was going to chuck in as well, around this, another, the last bad subtitle that popped up was Strike While the Iron Masturbates. (laughs) <laughs> just wanted to get that in there what, what, what was that for? I don't remember that line Jim, uh, Jim uh, Stephen is pushing No, other way around Chip's pushing Stephen to go and talk to a girl Oh yes And he says, come on man, strike while the iron masturbates He doesn't say that But that's what came up on the screen And I was so miserable during this film That that, was the, that got a chuckle out of me <laughs> I don't think we need to do So you think it was good to you at the end I think we've covered it. <laughs> no, no, I want to be asked. Evan. Okay, okay, we'll get there. I want to be asked. So that's a good segue into what happens now. Stephen mm-hmm. is prompted to go speak to this very sexy, elusive-looking lady who has no reason to be at this party. <laughs> so everyone else is an away. Elusive-looking lady. <laughs> she's just, like, dodging and diving around the room. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to avoid eye contact with old MB. And I'm astounded... That he can't tell she's a prostitute. Isn't that who exactly. leopard print is reserved for? I mean, I'm surprised he couldn't tell after that professional level <laughs> head squeeze he was getting to it. I mean, if you're, getting your, if you're getting your skull squeezed to that level, you know she's a prostitute. It's a very hair-focused sex scene. Yeah, that is. And there's a woman who knows what she's doing. I mean, there was going to be broken orbital <laughs> bones in there. That is a professional. It was during the, it was during the musical scene as well. So while we've got... Jim Carrey doing his musical number, we're cutting to seeing Matthew Broderick 
jizzing his pants while he gets a head massage yeah. <laughs> from someone who's quite obviously a prostitute. That is, <laughs> massage is not the term that covers whatever she was doing. No. That was an assault. It, <laughs> there were points there where she took his hairline and changed it. <laughs> there were a lot I've of never said anything like it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's really weird. And it's, it's one of these things that I'm pretty sure it's, it wasn't a joke. It's just a weird scene. No, it was supposed we to be sensual. To, yeah. We were meant to see it and go like, oh, yeah, classic. Classic sex. <laughs> that's what I'd pay for. Yeah, that's how sex works. <laughs> that is borderline sex for sure. Bit of forehead play. <laughs> oh, so oh, nice. <laughs> Great stuff. So they do the dirty and the party ends and Stephen wakes up to Chip making breakfast for him. What a lovely friend. Until this point, by the way, mm. I don't know why Stephen hates the cable guy. Sure, he's a bit weird, but he's a guy who just really wants to be your mate. And everything he's done for you up until this point, it's just nice guy stuff. Yeah, he jumped on your mate's back to, to make a basket during that game. But that was funny, I think. The guy now, double dribbled. <laughs> we all have those weird friends where we just accept their weirdness, don't we, Evan? Yeah, Sam. <laughs> um, two projects on the call now <laughs> and I understand now why Stephen's a bit mad about being set up with a prostitute when you didn't know that's what you were doing I guess I mean he was perfectly fine he was proud of himself for hooking up with some girl with having sex with some random girl at his party but once he find out, finds out that she's been paid he's furious this was all pride Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. it's not like oh. he that it's not like he thought that there was going to be anything more. He's still it's trying to get principles. his borderline fiance back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's just annoyed that he's not the one to pull her. What? Nothing else has changed. He doesn't pay for mm-hmm. any of all those mates he had. Why should he pay for a woman, Carl? You don't know that. <laughs> if I found out, that guy might be faking that leg injury to get out of the draft. <laughs> you can't pay me enough for this. <laughs> oh no, my ankle again. Maybe next year. I'll try again next year. <laughs> I did also write down here that so that like the relationship that we're getting heavy into the relationship between the characters at this point in the film, um, and the relationship between Chip and Stephen kind of mirrors, and I think this is intentional, the relationship between Stephen and Robin, who is his not fiance, his borderline fiance. Yeah. Um, in the both relationships are one person, for some reason, fawning over this just hateful, parasitic piece of shit who shows them <laughs> absolutely no respect ever. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the, the whole movie is, how do I get rid of this guy? Just propose to him, he'd be long gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're Matthew Broderick and you want someone out of your life, there is the exact Propose. same film happening where Robin's the protagonist and she's like, how do I get rid of this guy who won't leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> and that's another great segue because they're taking a little break and Robin decides to go on a date with Owen Wilson, who does not get a wow. name in this movie. He Very nice. He is just Thank Robin's you. date in the credits. I forgot about this scene entirely, but I loved this. Owen Wilson's been a real dick to her, so I think we're supposed to hate him a little bit, but I didn't need that to love the scene that happens after this. Have you got something here, Carl? Oh, I was going to say, I hated this <gasps> scene. You loved this scene. I loved it. Wait, which, which part this of the scene is, did you is, hate? 
This is one of the scenes that just captures everything that is confusing about this movie. Uh, I'll probably, I'll probably have to just catch us up. That Jim Carrey wants to make up for hooking him up with a hooker. So he, what's the word I'm looking He goes to sabotage this date Robin's on. And does that by pretending to be the toilet a tent toilet attendant, yes. that's the word. Dressed as yeah. Freddie Mercury. Off the, yeah, dressed as Freddie Mercury. Yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. D- don't stop him now. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Somebody stop him. Don't stop him now. Oh, damn. Somebody don't stop me now. <laughs> oh, there it is. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> but... This is where I was confused as to whether this is a comedy or a horror because he is meant to be beating the shit out of Owen Wilson in the most bloodless way possible that results in him having to go to hospital. Like, I feel like this is the point where you make your decision. Do we go all in, this guy's dangerous, or do we go in, this is funny, and for some reason they do both. Mm. And I feel like this is the point where it should have turned, and it just didn't. It's like, I don't know whose side I sh- I'd need to be on at this point. Cause... Yeah, because Owen Wilson was rude to the waitress, but he almost murdered him. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like the surreal nature to this scene. I- I'm quite glad it didn't go to him just, like, actually trying to kill him or, like, stabbing him or something like that. I like the weird way he did it. Like, doing the jazz the entire time. Like, he puts his face in the toilet, smashes him against the sink and everything, and this whole time he's doing this weird sort of scat jazz rendition and he ends it by lean, leaning into his ear doing this pose only Jim Carrey can do leaning in like this diagonal crouched pose and goes a beep up that was so <laughs> funny to me yeah. beep up leaning in like this he said on an audio play yeah sorry you can yeah. see me <laughs> I've got to I've got to assume that this was another reference to another film that I just haven't seen because it's weird and specific enough doing a weird little kind of scat jazz dance while kicking the shit out of someone oh, I loved in a it. bathroom. Loved it like, so That's got to be something. <laughs> I loved whatever it was. If only I had time before this to do some research. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I tried and I googled scat in a bathroom, but that's not what came up. <laughs> <laughs> had you written that down? Or have you only just no. Love it. Luckily, Carl only had to type S in the browser and the rest was suggested. <laughs> Oh, so after this, Chip is still trying to to make up with Stephen by also improving his relationship with Robin. So he goes over to her house and installs cable for free under the guise that Stephen has paid for it for her, which somehow works. See, Robin instantly falls back in love with Stephen, having just gotten How cable. Romantic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's such weird <laughs> advice to give people. Don't propose to your girlfriend if you like her. Just surprise her with free TV. Something you were paying for anyway before you broke up. This is also where Stephen and Rick's uh, relationship becomes a bit important again because he does do a bit digging later on for Stephen. But he blows off Rick because that whole guys did work and he's meeting up with Robin for dinner. And what he blows Rick off for is a rock concert. Can you imagine this character, Stephen, going to a rock concert with his mate Rick, <laughs> who is 20 years younger than him, which is not something I have an issue with, but I don't understand why Rick likes him, or how they know each other. Stephen's a designer. Rick works in TV production. Uh, it's a bit confusing. Yeah. I, just imagining... <laughs> 
Matthew Broderick at a at like a, a rock gig, standing at the back, completely blank face, like a cardboard cut out of himself. <laughs> sort of looking, smiling, smiling vacantly. We see his dancing skills earlier on. Yeah, the carrier Heather. It was very yeah, uh, lockdown elbow locks do, his we? hands yes. by his side and just twists side to side. <laughs> and this is also where now Stephen tells Chip he no longer wants to be his friend. He doesn't have space for him in his life. I don't have space for more friends. I've got too many. Have you seen all these guys <laughs> that I played basketball with once? Better look at tryouts next year. <laughs> I'll consider you a borderline friend until then. <laughs> God. He says, I've got too many friends. You've got one friend who doesn't like you. <laughs> who's currently angry at you <laughs> for blowing him off. Friend who's binned you off, yeah. And now uh, Chip goes full psycho. He calls up Robin, alluding to something being wrong with Stephen. Whilst, I mean, in that scene, he's up the, the cable pole for some reason, the telephone pole. I don't know what that had anything to do with, because the next scene is where... Oh, it's um, it's because he's a, he's a... Hang on. A cable guy. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Borderline. Borderline. Cable He's a guy. borderline yeah. cable guy. That's a bit confusing to me. Sorry. Uh, but the next scene is that Stephen gets arrested for all the stolen equipment in his house. Or all the home media equipment that he bought earlier. So Karma catches up to everyone eventually, Evan. <laughs> Matthew Broderick was always going to end up in jail. Oh, yes. Good. Where he belongs. <laughs> okay. Well, now we're on dodgy ground. <laughs> I'm just talking about the movie and his wooden the road less travelled. <laughs> I think let's hit the brakes and switch, switch lane. You'll have to explain that one to Matthew. <laughs> oh, st- oh, hang on. This actually leads into my next joke, Sob. Stephen escapes any serious jail time, just like Matthew Broderick himself, and goes for dinner at his parents, discovering Chip is there. Jesus Christ. Come Chip- on, let's switch gear. <laughs> Obviously, Stephen is alarmed by Chip being in his house, uh, but he threatens to show Robin the picture of him shagging the prostitute. Well, <laughs> of him getting his head squeezed sexually. <laughs> don't let us see that. That's her favourite position. <laughs> she thinks she's the only one who's ever squeezed my head. Oh, and now they play charades. Yep. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> what is this game? The game is called it's Porno Password. Porno, porno Password, password game. right. Okay. It, and it's a really, really long scene where they play this game. <laughs> the game is like five family members sit there and stare at you while four people, well, one, one person picks a random naughty word, mm-hmm. naughty cheeky words like nipple out of a hat, whispers it in someone else's ear, and then the two pairs that you've paired off into take turns saying random related oh, words like the opposite game they say the like an opposite word sometimes and then yeah i don't think it i don't think it's meant to be but that's the tact that they take it's um it's like articulate basically except you can only say one word and then you switch back and forth yeah try to guess the password and the, we get penis and nipples very very funny stuff but Stephen absolutely um, draws the line at clit. That is just too far. I don't think they even say it, do no, they? No, no, they don't. But they do. Well, I, I assume they're pretty obvious. To that. that felt like it was where it was going. Yeah, it's definitely. You can tell what this it was. is the nineties, though. No special characters, no capital letters. 
No letters swap for numbers <laughs> and rubbish passwords. This will get broken in no time. <laughs> Clit. <sighs> I just got to log into my email. Doop, 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 doop. I'm in. <laughs> As is everyone else. Where's the password? Can't find it. Oh, oh. crazy good. Good stuff. There's the trailer. <laughs> uh, Stephen punches Chip in the face. Uh, I can understand why. It's getting a bit mad now, but also I'm at no point have I been on Stephen's side in this movie. Just a real unlikable guy. If you listeners haven't caught on to that yet, we really hate Matthew Broderick. The thing is, he doesn't punch him in the face for framing him and getting him thrown in jail. No. He doesn't punch him in the face for moving in on his family hmm. and being in this quite threatening position of... He punches him in the face when he whispers over something about... I can't even think what he says. It's something about he just Robin, basically like says, keeping her your wife's or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he does a load of... <laughs> Noises in his head, which all the family are watching. Yeah, they can all see everyone this Everyone must have heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. From what they saw, he leaned over to his ear, muttered something for a few seconds, and then went... <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was still the game. Clit. <laughs> oh, uh, and after this, Stephen arrives at work to find that the cable guy, Chip, has sent in the video that He'd recorded of him speaking to Robin back there, back at the apartment. We hadn't mentioned this, but he's basically slagging off his boss, Hal, talking about his hair plugs and what just a useless, inept, boring, stupid cunt he is. All words that can <laughs> apply to Matthew Broderick. Yeah. But strangely, that happens and he gets fired, obviously. This is where the Ben Stiller thing kicks in again. Yeah, we're back to it again. Right. Well, yeah, this is going to matter. It's going to turn out that the cable guy was involved in some way, and we'll find out later on. Thing is, I don't want to slag this off too much, because I feel like it's a it's a weird theme that comes up so much, and it's so prevalent in the film that there must be a good reason that it's there. And I just, maybe I'm not smart enough to see why. I think I'm guessing, because I was only 47 in the 90s, so <laughs> I do struggle to remember it too well. But I assume this is around the OJ time? So it's probably a, oh. a, a commentary on everyone just being so obsessed with that that they're all just staring at the TVs. Oh, and they've yeah. made up some sort of fake trial to mirror that. Okay, that. Makes I think sense. it's it's something. It okay that it would make sense if it was talking about current affairs. And I think there's probably it kind of ties into the commentary that the film's doing. I'm gonna have to wait for this siren to finish going past. Let's say that again. And I think it probably ties into the sort of commentary that. The film's doing about making entertainment out of something that's quite dark and the kind of uh, collapse of someone's life and turning that into entertainment and putting it on TV. But uh, I don't think it lands. No, it's a kind of mixed. See, I thought it was just a TV rots your brain type message because it seemed to hit home for me when Kyle Gass, I think it's Kyle Gass, the other guy from Tenacious D is read they're watching tv and it turns off and then he just picks up the book and he's like oh my god other oh, forms of media oh, I hated that. yeah yeah me too. That, I hated that so much i hated it was like yeah. it had the the same energy of a, of a caveman <laughs> rubbing sticks together and finding fire yeah <laughs> like he started he was he almost got to the point of like clicking the tv remote to remote at the book like how do i turn pages <laughs> 
<laughs> Me no understand book. <laughs> so everything's kicking off between the cable guy and Stephen now. And he calls him in the middle of the night after quite a freaky dream about the cable guy. Th- this bit freaked me out as a kid where he's like all demonic in the hallway and he's trying to break in through the door. I never really got that or why I was in it. But you saying that this was maybe a dark comedy and an attempt at that, I get why it's in the movie now. And it's a reference to another film. Is it? And I still can't remember which one it is. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> He wakes up, <laughs> we find out it's a dream, and the cable guy calls him at that exact moment anyway, and he reveals that he's going over to Robin's place. Uh, so I assume Matthew Broderick was in bed at like 8pm to recharge. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> rushes over to Robin's and gets all the exposition he needs from the old woman who happened to know everything. Well, and then the cable guy's taken Robin to the satellite satellite dish for anyone who doesn't know that this isn't set in space and he's kind of like holding a hostage with a staple gun it's all gone a bit weird now he's gone like he was winning yes yeah, at this point it goes weird well he was winning like he'd it was alienated everyone from <laughs> steven's life and now he's just decided to like go nets and kidnap robin take her up the ladder and he probably saw it in a movie once well yeah it's golden eyes in it they're doing golden eye right now <laughs> yeah I'm not going to complain that the movie's coming to to an end. Nor I this podcast. <laughs> the police show up <laughs> and state they're in a restricted area and he falls off the satellite. Thank God. Yeah. Oh. But before that, we do get just the uh, the classic, th- this, is, this isn't a movie line that you get in so, so many, many movies. movies. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a movie. Well, it's not a... It's a movie. And just... To shit on Matthew Broderick one more time. He catches the cable guy oh, before he falls. Yeah. And as he's meant to be holding this guy up and talking to him, saying, Your life is worth living, <laughs> for some reason, he's just looking off in a random direction to the side where I'm guessing <laughs> the key cards were. <laughs> just so bad. Just meant to be telling this guy that. Things aren't as bad as he thinks they are, but just staring off randomly. <laughs> Your life is worth li- limbing, li- living. Bracket. Smile, Matthew. Close bracket. <laughs> <laughs> he falls off the satellite. But he does. No, he, well, he falls onto the satellite. Oh, onto the satellite, yes, from the rigging uh, around it. And then we find out why that court case has been yes, throughout televised. the whole movie it's because it just shuts off because it can all cut off at the at the seminal moment he also i'm going back a a bit but i wanted to throw this in there uh because we rushed past it as he's climbing up the scaffolding and uh steven's shouting out to chip and saying what are you doing why are you doing this he says i don't really have a plan i don't really have a plan i'm just winging it which i'm pretty sure were words directly from the mouth of the director. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, I wanted to throw that in there, but you kept talking about the next scene. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) He he hits the satellite dish, gets impaled, and his death is what stops the court case being televised, and then everyone has to do other things. There's no TV for... Five minutes, and that's when the book gets picked up, and we learn, oh, we can entertain ourselves other ways, and then he's not dead. Nope. 
Well, he only sequel, he fell. Maybe? He fell like he he fell a hundred meters down, but because he didn't land on the spike, he's yeah. pretty much fine. He's in a better state than Owen Wilson was after getting a few, <laughs> you know, slaps around in a bathroom. So he gets rescued by the helicopter people, and they really lay on thick. This helicopter guy, the medic, being like, oh, "You're gonna be okay, pal. It's okay, buddy." Friends, you're going to make it through. Obviously, Chip loves that shit. And he says, am I really your pal? And he asks for his name. And he says, it's Ricky Ricardo. And that's from I Love Lucy. There's your fact. None of them were his real name. We never learn it. Yeah. He flies off on the helicopter. And after being called Buddy, it is assumed that we'll get a sequel. Cable guy to never stop cabling. That is the end. My lord, boys, it's hot, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely pouring sweat. (laughs) Having no window open for noise reasons and no fan for noise reasons, I'm 90% water, just like Matthew Broderick (laughs) is 100% wood. I'm used to having no fans at this point. (laughs) Oh, very good. Ask me the bloody question. Oh, wait, no, bad reviews. (laughs) Okay, so fun times. We're so good. The um the reviews for this were actually really mixed. Uh, there were a lot of people who, like myself and Carl, spoiler alert, weren't enamoured with this. Um, and then, and you know, there's the point that you made about this was a big risk for Jim Carrey's career because it was not very well received. But it wasn't that bad. It was kind of fifty fifty. And there are a lot of people who say it's amazing, it's the greatest dark comedy ever, it's so funny, it's its best film. Anyway, I've got a small selection. So Sarah P gives it uh, 0.5 stars, says, The wall that was touched erotically by Jim Carrey had more fun than I did watching this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, I like a little throwback. I like that a lot, yeah. 0.5 out of... 0.5 out of 5. Okay, cool. Not out of 0.5. I'll assume that from that one, yeah. The rest of these for, for future reference. Out of five. <laughs> Next one, Caitlin S gives it 1.5 stars. Says, this is a stupid suicidal movie. Jim Carrey takes away from the movie because he's normally a funny guy. In this movie, he's dark and creepy. They should have found somebody a little darker. Like Darth Vader or something. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> she just thought that they should have got Darth Vader to play the <laughs> to play to play the cable guy, <laughs> which would have been a fantastic film. Yeah, that would have been great. If he'd come in suit and mask and all, buttons lighting up. Yeah, I would have loved that. We did have a hallway uh, got... scene in this movie. That's for all you Star Wars fans out there. Bet you loved that, didn't you? Nice. Or Spy Kids fans. Hallway. Nice. <laughs> Okay, last review. This one's from Luke Wan, who gives it five stars. Says, The cable bad thing won't like friend. Let him off for any reason, free channel. (laughs) And I agree. Is that an AI review? (laughs) I'm going to assume it's a really bad translation. But... I don't know. It was was slim pickings for for reviews, so I took what I could get. Yeah. I love those. Thank you for Um, them, Sam. You're welcome. So, Evan. So, Evan. You think that think was this was good, good do, you? do you? Oh, God, I said this. <laughs> this? Evan, you think that was good, do you? 
I do. I did think this was good. I see its faults. Of course I do. Is this the best Jim Carrey movie? No, of course it's not. There are many that are better. But I really enjoyed this. Would I have thought this is a dark comedy? Not until you mentioned it. But I enjoyed what it was. I thought he was really funny. I liked how surreal it was. I didn't like all the references to stuff, but I got why they were doing it, because he was a boy raised on TV. But um, yeah, I had a great time. That, that, this was like one of my favourite movies as a kid. That's why I wanted to bring it to you. Am I surprised what your reaction is going to be? No. <laughs> no, not at all. My reaction is you shouldn't have been watching this as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my mum was out at the bar, so I'm only joking, mum. I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Just a reference to this very good movie. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. And I recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. If you don't like it, it's only an hour and a half of your life. I'm going to throw, throw it a bone that I'm not watching this in 1996. So I'm sure a lot of references just went yeah. straight over my head. And I like the premise. Like a guy who's been raised raised solely on TV, who then infiltrates someone's life, it introduces himself by TV character names, is almost enacting or acting out these TV moments and quoting. It's a great horror premise, but it's kind of let down by number one having Jim Carrey in it, and almost feel like then it almost felt like they felt the need to have him be funny all the time as well. And so you've got this mix of the two, where the idea, I think, would work as a horror. And then I'd say for Matthew Broderick, it's just a bit of a car crash, really. <laughs> oh, just wonderful. to jump one last in on one that in there. really quick. Um, I meant to mention this. This is the main point I wanted to make. And something I thought of before I suggested this movie to you boys. It is astounding to me that Jim Carrey is the antagonist and Matthew Broderick is the protagonist in this. I know we've hit this nail a lot during this episode. Even at the time, I know Matthew Broderick was popular, but this is prime time Jim Carrey. How is he not the main guy in this? Oh, no. Yeah, like, um, but he got paid a hell of a lot more. Of... He got paid like 10 times as much. Wow. Yeah, Crazy I think he got paid more, more than anyone ever for a movie up to that point. <laughs> but uh, Matthew <laughs> Broderick's popularity will forever be a mystery to me. Yes, insane. Like, it yeah, doesn't absolutely. matter what movie I've seen him in. Same guy. Every Thing time. is, I think he would be good as an antagonist because he's hateable. We've seen Evil Inspector Gadget. That was the most compelling thing in that movie. Sam, go on, give us your review of this. So, look, I'm going to speak first on saying in defense of this. Okay, thank you. Clearly, this movie, it had a strong direction. It had, it's got something to say. It's got something to say about like, binge-watching TV, about binge-watching movies, about the prevalence of that, the impact that it has on people. <laughs> Thank and God on, we like... learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying it worked, but it's got a lot to say, and it's making a point about impact on personality development and how it can affect people. And more than that, I think the idea that it worked with of having these kind of frenetic homages to different movies that crop up one after the other and it's it's really inventive it's not something i've seen before it kind of mirrors the way that they had this trope of like channel flipping and the way that they kept skipping from one uh homage to another Uh, it just i thought it was a really interesting way of 
directing the movie. But with all that said, I fucking hated it. And I hate Matthew Broderick. And now I see why Evan hates Matthew Broderick so much. Because I hate him. This movie paints him in a very poor light. Yeah. It is the same, the the setup they have in this with Matthew Broderick being the protagonist and Jim Carrey being the antagonist, as Deck the Halls. I think we might have mentioned this either together or on the podcast. But again, how is Danny DeVito the bad guy in that movie? Maddening. Maddening. Anyway, let's leave the poor man alone. Broderick is America's sweetheart, and I don't know why. (laughs) Someone explain it to us. I I very much liked your prose for that movie, uh, Sam. That was very insightful and fair of you. Uh, but if you don't mind, boys, I'll put you out of your misery. If you don't mind, do. I'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> you don't mind. <laughs> I'll end your suffering. Thank it's you <laughs> all so much for listening. <laughs> He's driving towards us. <laughs> Shouting out the window. If you don't mind, <laughs> I'll put you out of your misery. Thank you, boys, for joining me. Don't forget to follow us at So You Think Pod on Twitter and leave us a five-star review if you have an opinion of this movie. Join us again next week for a movie we haven't picked yet, but I'm sure it will be better than this. That concludes our broadcast day. Click. Sorry. 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 Thank you. And also with you. 